monsters and ghosts to otherworldly beings. Join the explorers as they venture into the darkest realm seeking the truth to what goes bump in the night. Good evening and welcome to Explorers Seekers of the Truth, episode 37. Or the beginning of the show yet again. 38. Uh, 38 is actually episode 38. 38. Yeah. Okay. Well, tonight, as always, I'm joined by my best friend and co-host, Lesson Cabbage. How are you doing this evening, buddy? Uh, I am really good, really, really tired, but really, really good. We had uh, the arrival of our beautiful third daughter, Kaylee Ann. She came, uh, She well, she was born on Tuesday last week, and uh, so she's a little bit over a week old, and what a little bundle i love her to pieces but my god i am tired mommy's tired everybody's tired between the baby and trying to uh get projects done for clients it's just been a madhouse but you know that's how it goes right so yeah, that's that's how it happens yeah, you, know, you, yeah. you do that thing and then like 10 months later that other thing happens and yeah and then 18 years from. you're kind of exhausted so yeah yeah it's freaking fantastic so bef before we get into the topic let me go through our typical uh agenda here so if anybody wants to get in touch with us you could go to our website at www.explorersgroup.com see some archive shows contact us send us any show ideas any personal stories you want to share with us you could get in touch with us through there we are also on twitter at explorers group and you know obviously on facebook facebook.com backslash explorers group and we're on Instagram, iTunes, the whole night. And speaking of iTunes, I know we've said this before, but we would be greatly appreciative if all our wonderful listeners could go to iTunes, search Explorers Seekers of the Truth, and just give us a five-star review. You could even say if you like us. You know, we, we need to boost our reviews up there so we're found in the initial searches underneath the different kind of paranormal, cryptozoological, and ufo kind of uh general searches because without the reviews you don't rank and without the ranking we're kind of pointless to be on there but if you help us we'll be we'll, we'll get there so let Les catch his breath real quick um <laughs> i have to uh to point out a comment that came in already uh was in a mad scramble to find a hat to wear this evening and just happened to grab my phillies hat um Otherwise, it would have been a Boston Red Sox hat, but I left that out in my truck. So, uh, yeah, they they did tank it this year real nice, you know, being in, I guess, first place at one point and then two games back, and now they're below 500. So, And I don't have an Eagles hat. Of all the things I have, I do not actually own an Eagles hat. I do have a Super Bowl shirt from the Eagles, but I do not have a hat. In fact, I've only ever owned one Philadelphia Eagles jersey in my entire life. And that was Donovan McNabb. <laughs> it, it was the it was on sale, <laughs> but so yeah, it, it is a Phillies hat I'm wearing tonight. But you can tell I don't even wear it that often because it's like flat brimmed and everything. <laughs> Not my style. Oh, I thought you were just trying to be like all the kids. Well, you know, I, I want to be hip and young, so <laughs> grow, grow the audience with the millennials. But. Yeah, uh, yeah. So tonight we're going to introduce our topic, and 
we're going to talk about the phenomena of black-eyed kids or black-eyed children, um, which started to appear in pop culture in the 1990s. And usually these these kids are said to have this eerie, eerie resemblance to like mid-teen children to mid-teen ages. The approximate age a lot of people give out is between 5 and 16 years old. Mm. And for the most part, a description of what we're talking about tonight, or at least a description of the legend of what we're talking about tonight, is they pretty much look like normal children. Uh, now, sometimes they have like real pale skin. Sometimes it's described as olivey. Um, but the one thing that is true characteristic of whatever you know this is is a set of dark black eyes. Mm, yes. Very and creepy. Yeah. And many theories, you know, urban legend wise, you know, possible, you know, explanations for what these are. We're going to cover a little bit later tonight. Um, I don't want to really get into that right this second, but we'll get into, you know, once we kind of go through some of the stories that we found and kind of have, you know, some open discussions, get some opinions. We're going to kind of lay out what some of these explanations or possibilities for these creatures are. Right, right. Now, one of the things I, you know, when I was given the characteristics, you know, one of the things they're always kind of neither, they're always described having like dark black hoodies on or, you know, zipped up all the way uh the the hoodie pulled up all the way to their you know around their face black pants now weird thing is they're not always described wearing shoes Hmm, that's kind of odd yeah which i mean i think as we get into these stories that not wearing shoes thing is kind of gonna play into some of the you know, hype or fear around these, these creatures, let's, let's say creatures for right now. Um, you know, I think it's going to play into some of that. It is a kid type stuff where, Oh, you're looking at a kid, the kid needs help. You start to feel bad or you start to want to help the kid. And that's when the weirdness really kicks up. Right. Well, it's a kind of a tug on the heartstrings kind of thing, you know, a child in distress, anybody's going to, go to the aid of, of a kid in need, you know? So I think that that is, is another part of the lure of these, whatever you want to call them. I mean, there there's a lot of theories. And, and again, like Chad had said, we're going to talk more about them as we go through. We'll kind of break down each little uh, theory or description of what these beings are. Uh, but, I mean, could they be demon? Could they be otherworldly blah 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 you know what i mean there, there, there's all a bunch of different uh descriptors yeah. so again being that they are representing themselves as a child just kind of adds to that uh creep factor first of all because to, to 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 use that image is is what's the word i'm looking for is kind of macabre in its own right i guess you know what i mean that like if it if it's bidding is to do harm and and 
and to do bidding of uh, for evil, I guess it very evil. Evil. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, to use a child's image, I think is, is just even that much more dark. So, but I'm not going to, I'm, I'm rambling on this one here. I'm not going to, yeah. Because I'm trying to skate around the the theories, so yeah. Um, well, let's actually. You just texted me a second ago, so let's actually. Did you get a chance to look over the article? I I did a little. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so I'll let you take uh, take it take it by the horns there. Okay. So you know, earlier in the week, I had asked for some suggestions for you know our oddity of the week section um, segment. We don't do it every week, but. You know, if there's something out there that's interesting or something like that, you know, we like to kind of put our two cents in on it. And mm-hmm. um, Moon Joey was nice enough to, you know, have sent us a link. And it was um, basically dealing with, you know, ghost paranormal investigations and and why we haven't proven anything yet and, and why the evidence doesn't hold up. And I, I kind of rolled it around in my head. And I think, in my opinion, a lot of things that are suggested, could it be your, your you know, brain playing a trick on you? Could it be a misinterpretation of something that you're seeing? Could it be forgetfulness? Could it be some human interaction that makes you think, oh, my keys you know, I hang my keys up by the door and today when I went to get them, they weren't there, but I found them in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I think, yes, that's all possible. And, and as investigators, we, you know, we go out and we talk to people and we find out stuff, you know, are you on any medication? You know, we kind of look into those medications to see if they cause any, you know, mental issues or, Hallucinations, hallucinations, sleepwalking, because I know people who sleepwalk. It's not impossible for them to walk up and grab their keys, walk back into the kitchen, sit them on the table, and walk back and go to sleep. Well, they're asleep the whole time, but that whole action. Mm -hmm. When it comes to my personal belief in like paranormal and paranormal investigations and what we do and what, you know, a lot of the people who are watching do is again, I've said it a couple different times. I've said it a couple different ways. We base our interpretation or our, our knowledge off of our current understandings of science. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about UFOs, you know, a while back and we got into a good discussion about this is we we think it's impossible to traverse the universe you know light years or whatever away because we can't do it right does not mean that some other civilization did not come up with a separate starting point in their science and technology development and work out from there So we try to use science because, oh, it has to be a repeatable thing Mm -hmm. for it to be, you know, tested and validated and be scientifically proven. That's part of the scientific method. We're dealing with a a lack of understanding because 
there are scientists out there that say when the body of a human dies for better terms, everything shuts off. It's all done. Mm -hmm. There are others out there that say when the human body shuts off and dies, there are still things going on. There are still processes that do happen. There are things that have to be explained eventually. So I think a lot of times the lack of scientifically valid evidence comes from our understanding of science and our rules used in science. Right. I think, you know, I don't believe 99% of the stuff I see or hear, you know, that comes from other groups and stuff like that or other people, you know, when it comes to like EVPs. There are a lot of good EVPs out there. There are really poor EVPs out there. Mm -hmm. Not being in the room when they're recorded, not being in a controlled environment and knowing that nobody made this noise or nobody said those words or that's not somebody else's voice that you you don't know, so you don't know it's their voice. But there are some out there, you know, there's some that we've personally captured and stuff like that, that they, okay, I can't make it happen again. I can't get that growling noise that we got at the Haldeman. Mm -hmm. Now we've come up with some possible rational explanations for it. A mountain lion. A mountain lion. (laughs) Um, But yet very improbable rational explanations. (laughs) <laughs> um out at the uh out at stephanie's in in the barn that what i hear you know is that where were you wounded i start naming all the places using modern names and i get a G- gettysburg mm-hmm. voice now yeah it was only you and i Mm-hmm. So I know your voice. I know my voice. It doesn't sound like either of us. No, but we've been back there. I've asked the same questions and I can't get that voice again. Mm-hmm. So scientifically, that's not valid evidence. Right. So is some of the stuff that we've that not we personally, but that has been collected by research, paranormal researchers. Is it? one day going to lead to the discovery and to that answer you know it's not scientifically valid but if we can get them the question well you know people have captured a similar voice five or six times spread out over months over different people being in a building Mm -hmm. we have to research more into this well, I think it, it, it's hard in 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 the sense of the scientific method, right? Where you have mm-hmm. to be, you have this controlled environment. You have to recreate it. You have to go through all the steps that happened before <clears throat> to reproduce to get that result. And I think what's difficult with that is because there are so many different kinds of quote hauntings. You have residual, which is basically on a loop that plays over on a certain date or certain times or whatever, then you have intelligent hauntings that tend to interact and answer questions, respond to command, 
and so on and so forth. And and like in our situation, when we were out at the Daniel Stewart farm at Stephanie's uh, and we got that, well, you got that voice. Um, well, it was we. We were both. Well, yeah, there. I mean, I was there, too, but you were asking the questions. But um, <clears throat> point my, my point of this is say that's not a residual haunting and that's more of an intelligent haunting and that spirit was right there at the right place at the right time because again some people say that spirits could travel they're not just locked into a location that their energy is able to move around whereas they're not locked into the energy of a certain place right mm -hmm. so yeah. how could you recreate that and, and I, I think that's the hard part of proving the existence of uh spirits or an afterlife or however you want to coin it is depending upon the type of uh what do you call it uh evidence or whatever or or interaction uh you couldn't you couldn't reproduce that yeah you know what i mean like i could understand if it were uh not to cut you off but like remember that that one story that we had heard about where it was like uh these distraught lovers they were at a covered bridge and they both died and on the anniversary you could see it reenacting and it's not well in that kind of a case i could see you being able to use a scientific method to try and you're at the right place the right time you know all the stars and moon aligns and whatnot. You know what I mean? You have the perfect recipe. So you can set up that situation to try and reproduce it. But in a situation where it's a not, where it's not a, uh, uh, what the hell? I'm, I'm, I'm so goddamn tired. I'm losing train of thought. Uh, residual. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, I think, is the conundrum that we're all running into. Well, yeah, and I mean, it, it gets, yeah, if it's a residual, yeah. But again, like you said, everything has to be right. Mm -hmm. You know, the moon, the stars, everything has to be in alignment for this to happen. You know, and there are too many people that witness stuff. Mm-hmm that witness similar things. Now the descriptions mm -hmm. may be slightly different, mm -hmm. but you know, there are those people, um, you know, we talked about Berkeley square mm -hmm. in England, in London mm -hmm. and the owner of the building who is not into the paranormal in the least bit has said, I have seen a gray or a brown mass move through the room he had other employees say to him without him saying anything to them according to him of course this is all you know speculation right people that were working later in the evening in that area saw a brown mass move across the room mm -hmm. now again is this some kind of residual energy But then as investigators... Well, is, is it residual energy or is it a play on the mind because they heard the stories from many, many years ago and they're thinking they're seeing this? Well, and see, that's the other problem is there's already a prejudice one way or another mm -hmm. with personal belief. 
it would almost have to be somebody who's never heard of or experienced anything that would have to be a complete you know new to the environment they go in there and then all of a sudden they come up and say oh my god i saw this strange brown mass but then it was almost okay well then there's something that you could base something off of you know mm -hmm. to kind of back the stories yeah well it's like you and i were talking about like the uh, hans holzer book that i was reading that i said that i found that thing about the growl in there right 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 like he had used a lot of mediums um and brought them in on investigations now he was using mediums from out of the country he would actually bring them in from England and stuff like that. And he had one or two that he used a lot. But like the one woman was just listing stuff mm -hmm. that, yes, somebody with a background in history and research could find a lot of it. Right. But she was pulling things that were not really documented. Yeah, they weren't it wasn't written down and kept right so all of a sudden you know she was pulling these this information from somewhere from mm -hmm. something right now unless she was a really good hoaxer and was just which a lot of them are oh, a lot of them are because well you've seen at, you know at different places with these the psychics and stuff like that where they they talk to you beforehand they get a few things they ask you certain questions that give them openings to well i know he's looking for this kind of answer and i'm gonna base a description of a person that i'm talking to that you know a spirit that i'm talking to mm -hmm. off of they know how to steer it yeah yeah and you know that's kind of one of the things like but she was bringing up some stuff that was very very deep information that would be hard to find just doing and back then they didn't have google we're talking in the 1960s so you couldn't just type in revolutionary war new york city you know this you know around this year and get information right right yeah you know, and well it's like I, joey's pointing out here you know spirits are limited in making contact the same to the same degree that we are when and where the door opens, it, it's the opportune moment. Right, right. Yeah, I, which I think he's spot on right there. Yeah. Well, and it, I, I when I read that, the first thing I thought of, um, I don't know if everybody, you know, anybody remembers it. I believe it was Unsolved Mysteries when they were doing one of their episodes, like on Gettysburg and stuff like that there was a woman whose husband had dioramas of the days of the battle and the different parts. Mm -hmm. And he worked, you know, setting them all up and she was up in that area cleaning, but she would never touch them because he had them like meticulously set up. Mm -hmm. So one day she said she's in the room and all of a sudden there's a bright light next to her, like on the wall. And it was like this you know, they, they always depict it as this like bright bluish white light. And she said from that light stepped a man dressed in a civil war uniform. Uh, I think the way they depict him, I think he has a cigar in his mouth or in his hand mm -hmm. and he's fully dressed. Looks, you know, looks like a civil war era soldier walks up to the one board, stares at it for a minute, takes his hand and moves this you know set of little soldiers moves them up a little bit 
turns, turns, walks back to the wall and disappears. So there's that doorway type idea where this doorway opened. She just happened to be in the room to witness it. Yeah. And then her husband asks her about it. She says, no, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Finally, I guess, you know, after a little while breaks down and tells him like, look, this is what happened in our house. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, we don't know her. None of us, you know, could say as character witnesses for her, be like, no, she's never told a lie, you know. So we get into that. But I think, I just think sometimes it, it's, science doesn't want to deal. I think, yeah, we've we've discussed this with like Andy and stuff too, is there's a lot of chance of ruining your reputation by getting involved in these different fields that are not the norms of you know research and development right and and then i mean if you if you look at it the 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 scientists that really do kind of devote themselves to it not only tarnish their reputations but they're just labeled a quack Mm -hmm. like they're 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 a lunatic and they're they, they get stuck in this rabbit hole and they can't get out so good thing for us we're not important so we could go as far as we want <laughs> well, and that was the one thing that they actually bring up towards the end of that article is oh because these paranormal investigators are just inept they don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. well they none of us are scientists well i'm not saying that none of us you and i personally are not yeah yeah, yeah. But if there's no scientist doing this or no scientist involved, and there are scientists that do get involved in this, but like you said, they get called quacks, they're nuts, they're, you know, they lost their mind, they're going to lose their, you know, positions at these universities or, or their grants. And that's the big thing. You lose your grant money, you lose your research projects. Right. You lose credibility. But, you know, the inept there are some really good researchers out there who are doing their due diligence and trying to you know build the case for this like i said it my ultimate goal is just to make them question it like it's not to go out there and prove on film that we you know captured a spirit i just i don't think that's i don't know if that's ever going to be possible even if it is it's like the Patterson-Giblin film. Yeah. How many years are we into arguing this? 70? 60? No, I, think it's the, I think it was just the 40th anniversary. 40th? Yeah. I mean, seven, so, yeah. We're arguing that. I mean, up until about five years ago, we were arguing who fired the first shot at Pearl Harbor. Yeah. A physical, you know, a known physical, you know, event that, that people witnessed. They were still arguing who fired the first shot until they found the uh, Japanese mini sub with a, an American shell in it through it. So I just I think that argument, the best we're ever going to hope to do is make them question it. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you do capture something, somebody's always going to poke at it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I kind of witnessed a little bit of a, um, an online argument type thing about 
and I've actually had the same conversation was the most iconic photo of the Loch Ness monster that if somebody put it up without being involved in cryptozoology or paranormal research or any of this, people would go, Oh, that's Loch Ness monster is the surgeon's photo, mm -hmm. which on a deathbed confession, Oh, that's a fake photo. We, we faked it. This is how we did it. People started examining it. They're like, yeah, yeah, you can kind of see that in this photo and knowing this type of, you know, photography, the, the equipment from back then. But that's the most iconic image. Mm -hmm. So there was an article that came out this week that had that image. And the paranormal and crypto police, you know, online, well, that's already been debunked. An image used to get the average person to see that and go, oh, Loch Ness Monster, let me take a look at this. I, I've been interested in this since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just a relatable item. It's not saying yeah. this is it. Yeah, I yeah. Know, some people get all butthurt about it. And oh. Yeah, but it goes to that, like, one piece of evidence was debunked. You know, there's a lot of stuff, you know, people capture stuff and you get it on film and then, you know, you look at it and it's a bug. It's a mm -hmm. bug reflecting light, but they, they might have caught something else in that same moment that was kind of a valid piece of evidence, but we're not because we've debunked one piece of it. We throw the baby out with the bathwater, basically. Right. right. Go ahead, say something. <laughs> I, I'm agree. I'm like, are, are you done? Is that it? <laughs> I was taking a breath. Uh huh. Um, but. Yeah, I is mean, there, is there a dog next to you or something? Because I, I actually hear panting. Speaking of taking a breath, um, one dog is laying here on the floor. That's probably the one uh, that's panting. The right. other one is in the kitchen right now. She just was in here, uh, or he? Excuse me, it's a him. But yeah, yeah that's. Do you want to announce your new baby? I would. He was just sitting here with me, and I was going to hold him up, but then he decided to go for a run. Well, tell everybody what what uh, what he is and what you got him for. Oh yes, I got a red bone coonhound puppy. Mm -hmm. uh, got him at a shelter. He was him and his six siblings were in a shelter, and my ongoing thing is he, red bone coonhounds are very good hunting dogs. They hunt bear, deer, raccoons. So I'm first of all going to try. Uh, try to train them for tracking and trailing for like search and rescue. But my ongoing theory is, you know, a possible use for dogs like this would be, you know, Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's ever a viable sample, even these hair samples that come back as non-human primate, if we could get, you know, some of those and be able to use those for, you know, a send, we be able to try to track something like this and at least maybe be able to debunk what this non-human primate in North America is. <laughs> yeah. I still, I still say you have all these samples that keep lining up non non-human primate, but then I guess, you know, it could be contaminated. I, I, you know, I get that, but I don't know. I still, I, I think there's but, more to the mystery. Yeah. Well, that kind of goes along with the, our oddity of the week here. Mm -hmm. is we keep getting evidence 
whether it is scientifically you know verifiable evidence or not we we keep getting this return point of we keep finding these hair samples people keep recording this similar voice we're, we're getting stuff but it's not because it's not this you know big money maker or whatnot people aren't jumping on a chance to say well look we've compared you know, if there's a thousand non-human primate samples out there, we've compared all them and we have baselined what this sampling size, yes, 96% of them match. So now we do have something out there. Mm-hmm. You know, what it is, it may not be Bigfoot, but we have something that we need to investigate again make them question it at least make them question that piece of it i don't i i still think that when you have so many samples that come back unknown prime primate unknown human uh isn't that enough to to spark an interest or or to get someone excited i mean you got to think that that's got to be viable but we've beaten that dead horse 8 million times. Well, I, I think it's just, it, it comes down to, yes, it does spark people's interest. But one thing I've learned about, you know, research and, and colleges and stuff like that is you have to spark a person with money's interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and which we did the, the one show that with the Yeti episode, Who, what, what was the uh, um, slick. slick? Yeah. Yeah. He was he was that perfect adventurer kind of ragtag rugged. I got a buttload of money and I you know I don't know what to do with it so I'm going to go spend you know a chunk of it on looking for mystery creatures and yeah. we need more people like that. And, yeah. and 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 really qualified uh researchers to go out. You know what I mean? You can't have a, a millionaire and go out with you know a couple of Joe schmoes, you know what I mean? Like yeah it'd be awesome don't get me wrong but yeah. you know what i mean you need that kind of financial backing with the right kind of academics to go out and, and really who know how to track and catalog and and collect the evidence and whatnot so yeah and it, it's like a lot of times like there's a lot of good amateur investigators out there mm-hmm. but the one thing that drives me nuts is there's no chain of custody right um, anybody who's worked in any kind of law enforcement would understand chain of custody. You have a sample, you collect it properly, you bag it, it's stored properly. Anybody who touches it or looks at it, it's cataloged. You see these people, oh, we got a hair sample. Okay, well, where was it collected? How was it collected? Mm-hmm. What are the you know people that have been involved in this? You know, it breaks down very quick. And that's, again, why a lot of scientists won't entertain these ideas because there is no, I can't prove that less than, you know, take a, a, a horse hair, rub it on his body, take it to a zoo, you know, rub it on a chimpanzee's back and then bring it to me and say, this sample, I found it in the woods. I am that good, though. That I could get around to do all that. You know? well, I was trying to figure out how you rub it on a, chim- a chimpanzee's back without getting killed. <laughs> yeah, right. But there are, you know, there are chimpanzees out there that are kind of tame until they go crazy. That's right, until they chew your face off. Yes. 
or your genitals. Yeah, yeah. Or both. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, All right. So I think uh, off off the topic or off the oddity and get back on the main topic. What do you think? Yeah, let's let's get back into the black eyed kids edition. That's right. Yeah. This like Chad just said, this week's episode is about the black eyed children. And then Chad had mentioned earlier in the in the show when we had first started some uh characteristics. You want to go back through them quick and then we'll get back into kind of the meat of it. Yeah. Just for those who are tuning in now. So a lot of these sightings, you know, occur with an interaction or encounter between two or more children raging or ranging, not raging <laughs> from the ages of five to 16 years old, usually approaching a vehicle or a, um, a house. The children like walk out into the road sometimes to stop a car and ask the driver to use their phone and, mm. or, you know, for a ride, similar type things like that. Right. Right. And the, the, the the children they they seem to give off like an eerie feeling when they're approaching vehicles or people um and the people report the feeling of like anguish and despair when these kids things uh approach them and the children are described as like dry of personality completely void of of any and all emotion uh but they seem to kind of project like the, the just the sense of despair and hate and anger and lust, which I think that that is just creepy. Where <laughs> a, a kid would project lust, I, I don't know. That just ooh, I don't even like the thought of that. But they're reported to be seemingly like like Chad had mentioned before about a lot of times, or sometimes I should say that they're they're reported or they're not reported to have shoes or feet or anything like that. Sometimes they're they're seen kind of floating or hovering a few inches off the ground and <clears throat> they could travel like at inhumane speeds and be able to appear several miles down the road after a vehicle had already passed them and uh during these interactions uh they seemingly cannot enter into your 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 domain whether it be your car your home or wherever it is that you're witnessing them um they have to be Basically, they have to be invited in. You have to invite them in for them to do what they need to do, which is very a very similar trait uh, shared with vampires. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But that when I, when I was reading about that, I'm like, huh, that's very vampiristic because you always think of Count Dracula. He has to be uh, welcomed in. He, he he'll stand outside the window or the door, and and he won't come in until you let him in. So that's kind of odd that uh, these kid creatures would share that kind of similarity. And even with the black eyes, because they always say, you know, or I don't want to say always say, but some descriptions of vampires are with large dilated or all black eyes and whatnot. So kind of neat. And some reports say that they have seemingly telepathic powers limited to uh, like mental communication. They could speak to you telepathically like you'll see them outside the door and their mouth won't move or anything but they'll communicate with you and you'll understand them so that again too to see a little kid with pure black eyes floating outside your car door speaking to you but not speaking to you that's terrifying yeah yeah definitely um now one of the things if you really think about a lot of 
what we would consider evil entities. Vampires, demons, these different, you know, using those terms and stuff like that. Almost all of them have to be invited in, mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. You know, vampires, they can't come into a home without being invited into the home. If you think about demons, they can't enter unless the person allows for it. Not necessarily saying, oh, yes, you can come into my body or into my soul or whatever they do. But it's usually if you look at a lot of the more famous, you know, demonic possession cases, it always ends up dealing with some kind of Ouija board, spirit board, seance type, you know, activity mm-hmm. where they allow these energies as you know you hear a lot of investigators oh you can use my energy you can use my energy mm-hmm. which kind of makes me think like you're almost opening that doorway you're you're giving something permission to yeah. kind of enter into your realm or your well, your it's not, it's not almost you are you, yeah. you are giving them that opportunity mm-hmm now, to give a, a little history of the story of black-eyed kids, or Becks, as they're now coined, <laughs> um, you know, it started popping up all over the internet over, you know, about a decade or so, actually about two decades ago. Mm-hmm. And it really, the the most notable case that we're going to talk about is the strange um, story of uh, the journalist Brian Bethel, who on January 16th, 1988, According to Bethel, two uh, two boys approached him while he was sitting in his parked car. Bethel described these kids in prototypical Beck fashion as stylish, olive-skinned. The boys asked for a ride home, explaining that they were on their way to the movies but had forgotten their money. Bethel claimed that he was overwhelmed by a fight-or-flight response, but nevertheless tempted to allow the boys entrance into his vehicle. He resisted the urge, which seemed only to agitate the boys, who grew even more adamant that they'd be allowed into the car. It was then that Bethel finally noticed that their coal-black eyes, whereupon he was momentarily paralyzed with fear. The black-eyed beings seemed to realize that the window, their window of opportunity was closing, and their demands reached a fever pitch, at which point Bethel collected himself and promptly exited the scene, Thus beginning the official saga of Bex. Oh my gosh. That's, now, uh, that's creepy. Yeah. <clears throat> I, uh, of course, as somebody who's going to look at this objectively, okay, I'm not sure where I fall on this whole phenomenon. I've never witnessed it. I've never spoke to anybody who has actually physically been involved in something like this. Mm-hmm. There, are, there really aren't that many cases. No, you you see them pop up every so often. And again, it pops up online. Mm-hmm. You know, black-eyed kids in, you know, upper England, black-eyed mm-hmm. kids in this city, you know, this area, whatever. Is it, again, this guy was a journalist, Okay not shooting any holes in his credibility to start with, mm-hmm. but he is a journalist. He does have 
probably a lot of creative writing skills. Mm -hmm. He has an understanding of creative writing. Is this, you know, the the start of this new phenomena or, you know, legend? And he comes up with this. The other point of it is it was probably evening, nighttime. So legitimately, how many times have you done something and forgot your money? Right. Could these have been two kids? It's dark out. Their eyes are, you know, or they came from light to dark or whatever, and their eyes were dilated. So he sees that and thinks their eyes are pure black. You know, fight or flight response. That, you know, you could be in certain neighborhoods. You could be working and have to be in that neighborhood and be like, yeah, I kind of don't want to be here once it gets dark. <laughs> So, is there any, you know, is there anything to that? Is there any possibility that this is just an overactive imagination? Could be, you know, or or I mean, why why all of a sudden does this entity to take it not on the skeptic side, but to take it on a, a, a somebody who's going to be a believer in this? Mm. you know these creatures are real they do this there's some form of energy or whatever evil of some sort right you know but then again to go back to the skeptic side of it why all of a sudden in 1998 or the 90s is there some new entity out there You know, ghosts go all the way back to, you know, if you're a Christian, they go all the way back to the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, Christian Jews and Muslims, they go back to the Bible. There are ghosts referenced in the Bible. There are other cultures that predate that time frame that discuss spirits or ghosts or goblins or all that stuff. There's no description that really matches these entities before the nineties. Mm -hmm. So well, looks like uh, we lost Chad somehow, some way or another. <laughs> I'm I'm here. Wouldn't be the show without a technical issue. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. It was weird. It flashed on my end. Mm -hmm. Like the, the screen flashed and all of a sudden you pop back up and I pop back up where I was. And then you're like, oh, we lost Chad. And I'm sitting here like, oh, I can see me. <laughs> no, you pop back down into the lobby section of the interface and I had to put you back into the, mm -hmm. the broadcast. You probably just click some button to get rid of me. I was just sitting the less the Weston Cabbage Explorers show. Yeah, that's it. Cut. It's my dump <laughs> button. I dumped you. Oh, uh, seven second delay now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it. I don't know where I fall on this. Like I said, mm -hmm. 
I've never met anybody who's had this happen to them. No. You know, so maybe the day I do, I get a better understanding of it. Today is more or less just some, you know, presentation of stuff we've found, you know, and kind of, you know, you, you kind of make your own judgment on it. And if somebody has maybe some personal experiences with this or, or knows somebody that has, maybe they can share a little bit too in the chat section and stuff like that. So on this first story, Les, like, what, what are you feeling on it? Well, I mean, it is what it is, really. I, I mean, it was just a, a really creepy encounter. I mean, there's a lot of uh, stories out there of spectral hitchhikers, which we did uh, a show about before. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's not, it's not unheard of to have some sort of a uh, – incident like that but i mean as far as the black eyes and anything again could it be into one of the things that we're going to be talking about could it be a demonic spirit could it be uh something else you know um but there is a second story of uh beck encounter that we found interesting which involved a woman named adele who was in her home when she had her experience with the becks and uh, her testimony on the events are as followed and i quote or she quotes i was sitting in my bedroom reading a book when about at about 11 p.m i heard a knocking a slow constant one i got up out of bed to see what it was i looked out the window and to my surprise saw two children i opened the window and asked them what they wanted at this time of night they replied by saying simply let us in i said no and asked what for we want to use your bathroom I was quite shocked that children at about 10 years old wanted to use a stranger's bathroom at this time of night. I told them no, closed the window, but looked at them through the glass. I glanced at their eyes, and I have never, ever seen eyes like them. They were black, completely black. I got the feeling of evil and unhappiness. It surrounded me, and it was horrible. So similar to the first story where the dude felt that overwhelming just dread and despair and fight or flight you know uh but this time they came to a person's house mm -hmm. yeah it like you know she's saying around about a 10 year old at 11 p.m at night okay less you're an adult at least you pretend physically, to be physically, physically, yeah. Yeah. If at eleven o'clock tonight somebody knocked on your door and it was two ten year old children mm -hmm. and they said, Let us in and you say no, what is the next thing you're gonna say? Well, I mean, obviously, if I looked at them and they did not at the time have coal black eyes, I would probably go outside because, you know, with the way the world is today, God forbid you let a strange kid into your house and all of a sudden you're a pedophile. Um, I would probably go outside and talk to them and find out why they're there and what they need. Uh, but if I did see them and they had coal black eyes... I would freak the fuck out and probably call the authorities. Okay. So 
My well, I would probably call them to begin with just because why are there small children out that, you know what I mean? If I didn't know them, yeah. and I, I, mean, I live in a small town. I pretty much know everyone, you know yeah. what I mean? Or at least seeing them out mm-hmm. and about in town, you know, kids and adults alike. So, yes. yeah, I would probably say, okay, wait here and then call the police. Most adults, I think one of your questions would be, where are your parents and why are you out this late? Mm-hmm. yet nobody in these situations like this being 11 o'clock at night and her saying 10 year olds mm-hmm. she does not think like to me the first question if i see my neighbor's kids out at 11 o'clock at night standing outside away from their house down by my house and I see them and they come knock on the door, I'm going to say to them, why are you out so late? Where's your mom and dad? Mm-hmm. Because my first question would be, where's your mom and dad? Because are your parents okay? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you know, I would know who these kids were. If they were kids I didn't know, I would be like, where are your parents? Because maybe those kids were, something happened and they ran out of the house and they're scared and they're trying to get help. Right. Maybe their parents' car broke down and it's a single mom and it's two boys and, you know, maybe she's a a little bit behind them walking, Mm -hmm. you know? So to me, it's like one of those things like at 11 o'clock at night, if I saw two 10 year olds standing on my front stoop, a, I'm, I'm going to start questioning things. Yeah. And B I'm, calling the cops because it's 11 o'clock at night. There's two 10 year olds out by themselves. That's a child protective service issue. Yeah. You know, so to me, anybody knocks on, anybody knocks on your door at 11 o'clock at night, unless you work third shift and you just happen to be up, you know, it's your day off and you still happen to be up at that time or you've worked second shift and you just got home. That is going to naturally induce fear. Because it's not a normal visiting time. Right, right. You know, as adults, you know, when we were in college and stuff like that, our friends would show up at all hours of the evening, morning. Think twice, yeah. Wake, wake up and find them sleeping on the couch. Never knew they were there. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, you're not two kids knocking at your door, two adults knocking at your door somebody standing on your front porch you're going to take precautions you're you're instantly not necessarily you know all the macho people don't want to, oh, i'm not afraid of nothing no you're going to take steps though to protect yourself mm-hmm. you're not going to open that door you're going to talk to him through the door right if you are a firearm owner or have some kind of weapon by the door you're going to make sure it's accessible mm-hmm you know, I've had somebody knock on my sun porch at nine o'clock at night in the middle of summer when it's still kind of light out. And I went out the front door, held my you know hand inside the house, holding a firearm. Yeah. I live back far enough that people don't come here to visit. You know, we have a few friends in town. If they are going to come by, they message and we know they're coming. Right. So somebody knocking on my sun porch at nine o'clock at night in the summer when it's still kind of light out still elicited the response of, I'm going to protect my house. I'm going to protect my family. 
the best way I know how. Right. So you're naturally going to have some kind of fear. I mean, how many times have you been, even in the daytime, sitting somewhere at work in your car and somebody like walks up to your window and taps on it and you jump a little? Right, right. You know, well, I think the fact too of just just a, of them being children. You know what I mean? It, it's it creates a confusion. So I don't know if it's really that these children are giving off that sense or or they're somehow altering your state of mind in their own power. I, I just, I think you're right. I think it's just a simple fact that it's out of the norm. It's not your usual thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so you instantly, regardless, if a strange kid comes up, excuse me, you, you instantly get that kind of, uh, Hmm. You know what I mean? It's, Oh, this is weird. And then, like you said, again, the fact if it's at night, I, 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 yeah, you're right. I don't care who it is because we're pre-programmed. First of all, the dark, there's strange things in the dark. There's things in there that you can't see. So you're afraid of the dark in what, some way, shape or form. And then for people to come to your home after daylight hours, you know, in fact, even during the day, especially nowadays, it's not like it used to be where you're, the doorbell rings. Oh, okay. I'm going to go answer the door. You know, you, you just, it's second nature. Now it's like somebody rings your doorbell. Like, who the hell is that? Who is that? Who, why is somebody at my house? You know what I mean? Is that, you, you think back in the 80s, that was common. Mm-hmm. Now you don't go around to people's houses anymore. Well, it, it's like the old, you know, you text somebody and they call you back and you're like, why are you calling me? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, what do I do? We're, we're, do? We're, we're not as interactive as we used to be. Right. You know, right. It isn't like, well, with cell phones and stuff like that, like I said, if, our, if people I know in town are coming to my house, they text like, hey, stop by to drop this off. You know, just want to let you know, you know, if you see me, that's why I'm there. Or if somebody else sees me, you know, a neighbor, you're not home or something like that. The neighbor sees somebody on your porch putting something down or taking something like they kind of always have that. And I think that's, you know, like you said, it's it's nighttime. It's instantly our human brain is programmed. We don't see well at night. Mm-hmm. So therefore, there's monsters in the darkness. Mm-hmm. So our, our fear and apprehension level is already naturally higher. Right. Well, we have a couple more encounters. Let's get on to the next one and see what else happens. Now, the third encounter, int- yeah, and I find this one a little interesting because of where it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an encounter with a Beck. One Marine who was stationed at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, can attest. The Marine was up late watching a movie in the infantry barracks, where he lived in November of 2009. Being the weekend, all of his cohort were either out drinking or asleep. When he heard a knock at the door, he assumed it was merely his roommates who had the habit of forgetting their keys. When he opened the door, the young Marine would receive the shock of his life, for it was not his buddies standing in the walkway, but a pair of Becks. And it's interesting that they're usually, they usually work in pairs. Pairs, yeah. That's one thing. It seems to be a lot of two, three, you know, so. But the, the Marine, in, uh, hold on, let me get back to in the story here. The pair of Becks, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Marine assistant, yep. The Marine insisted his first instinct was to slam the door and lock it, but he was unable to do so. He described the experience in vivid detail. I could not take my eyes off their pitch black eyes. It was like they were sucking into me. 
I felt horrible and suddenly frightened for my life, like I needed to immediately take cover. They just stared at me with those goddamn eyes. I took a quick look up and down the walkway to see if there were any other Marines around, but there was nobody in sight. I turned back to the kids who I noticed had taken a step forward towards me. I got the feeling like I was being hunted, like the, the kids were predators and they were out for their next meal or something. Instinct gave way to reason and I decided to listen to the voice and shut the door and lock it. Hmm. Okay, I, I actually just got goosebumps reading that one. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's break this one down. Hmm. It's a Marine base. There are law enforcement personnel on patrol constantly. There's military personnel on patrol constantly. These are the barracks for non-married personnel. There's usually a section of housing for married personnel with children and stuff like that. They're usually more like townhouses. These are barracks, kind of similar to what you would see in the um, Fort Indian Town Gap, just kind of reference for you, Les, because I don't <laughs> know anybody else listening to that place. So these two children are now inside a secure government facility, mm -hmm. wandering around at night. Now, you know, thinking about some of his, you know, thought process, there is a time in life where you have roommates. So basically his roommates, you know, had a habit of forgetting their keys. Mm -hmm. Sure, Les has gotten a, a knock on a, you know, a door like me yelling, Les, let me in. I forgot my keys yeah. at least once, you know. Or more than that, yeah. Or, or a couple times. Yeah. But, uh. So yeah, there's natural like get up, open the door, like dude, come on, you guys, you guys got to remember your keys. Like this is getting ridiculous. Thankfully, I was awake to open the door again on a military base and see two children standing mm -hmm. there. Well, you wouldn't, especially in that area of the barracks, you wouldn't expect to see kids. Now, granted, you did, you know, you did mention before, if there were, you know family areas maybe mm -hmm. some of the the military kids had ventured off or whatever and you know they just happened upon this dude's room or whatever but one unfortunate thing about that story is he he didn't really mention what what did they ask yeah there there is no there's no yeah he didn't give insight on what they were wanting were they now, just standing there you know well, and like he said, they took a step closer to him. Like they, they had come closer, but yet there wasn't that typical question of let us in or can yeah. you help us? Yeah, can we use your bathroom or whatever? Yeah. So, I mean, but like he, he described it now like they were predators, not the movie Predator, yeah, yeah. but or Predators or the new one that's coming out. But like that they were he had a, a, a feeling of being prey to something. Mm -hmm. And that again, that's kind of fight or flight, you know, instinct response. Why are you smirking? Not nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. But 
I mean, you can share with the rest of us. I mean, evidently it was something. No, no, no. I just, I was thinking of something we were talking about earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, I got it now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, So anyways, like you were saying, you know, he, you know, now here's an interesting. He felt horrible. Now, again, this is one of those ones where I would love to interview this person. When you say you felt horrible. Are you talking emotionally or physically? Right, and that's what I—that's what I mean. There's too many open ends to this story. Like, like it's—it's it's a good story. I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's an example. It's an encounter, but it's too—it's left open ended. There, there's too many questions. Yeah, and my—the one thing I would love, like you said, open ended. Do you notice none of these stories so far have discussed these kids leaving? Right, right. There's like, no what was the outcome. It was like, yeah. oh yeah, there's kids at my door. Okay, great. <laughs> well, what happened? You know yeah. what I mean? Did like they you leave? Did they vanish? Did they? What did they do? Yeah, and again, nobody calls the police, and you know, says there's two kids wandering through the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even even like what, some of the descriptions, you know, like we had said before, they they you pass the kid and all of a sudden there they are a mile down the road in front of you again and like oh my god it was the same. Well, where was that story? What was that example? You know what I mean? You could say, oh well, this is what they do. But all right, well, give me a case in point. When did that happen? How do you know they do that? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Yeah, there there's a lot of, I mean. I'm sure there's probably somebody out there that is an expert on, you know, black eyed children, Mm -hmm. but David Weatherly wrote a book on them actually. And I really wanted to get him on the show, but he's busy and, and, and tough to get on, but maybe someday we could have him on and, and get a little bit more insight, you know, and for anybody else, anybody listening or anybody who cares, he, like I said, he wrote a book on it. So you could always check out his book. That is a free plug for him. Yeah, or you can check out our friend Andy's book, the Beast ah, of Britain, Britain. Yeah, by our friend Andy McGrath. It's, yeah, a, over, it's actually over. a very thick book if you look. It, I mean, it has some weight to it. It was, it was yeah. a weighty, weighty book. Yeah. yeah. So the 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 fourth encounter here <clears throat> is kind of interesting to me because, um, <laughs> it it's from an, another kid. Like most of the the incidences or, or reports that that we have already discussed are from adults, but this one was posted online by a 16 year old boy who had a run in with a pair again a pair of of Beck's black eyed kids outside of his home. Outside of his home, so this this again is a little bit more interesting. In his own words, typos and all. I was skateboarding at around 1030 last night and I stopped to take a rest when I was approached by two kids, one with blonde hair and a baseball cap pointed and a skateboard painted black, painted all black on the bottom and the other side slightly and the other slightly less intimidating as he looked at around maybe eight. He had blonde hair also and was wearing a Spider-Man shirt. The older one spoke to me as I had my head hanging low. Hey, kid, can 
can you help us? We're lost. We need to use a phone. Can you take us to your house? I looked up at them and immediately felt dread and despair. Again, he's being approached by two strange kids. It was 1030 at night. You're going to feel that uncomfort, uncomfortable, awkward, uneasy, you know, but he felt dread and despair. I stood up quickly, sensing something was wrong. Oh, you can use my cell phone if you want. The older kids seemed annoyed then, and he looked looked him in the eyes. It was then that I noticed they were all black, not in all all black, all black, not in white. I could see. I don't whatever. I guess Again, you can see the whites of his eyes. Yeah. Um, hey, cool contacts. Where did you get them? I asked. They're not contacts. He said flatly. Well, sorry, I couldn't help you guys out, but I'm going inside. I turned around and started to ride, but somehow the older kid caught up with me and grabbed my shoulder. You will let us in. You will let us use your phone. We need to go inside, but we can't if you don't take us to your house. It was at that point I hit him in the face and ran up the stairs to my house and shook for hours. Later, when I was on the computer, I looked outside my window and the kids were staring at the window. I told my mother and, of course, she didn't believe me. Again, what happened after that, I don't know. But still, that, that, was, that was a little bit more interesting because they targeted another kid and it was a physical contact. The, mm-hmm. the black-eyed kid actually grabbed him and then he then punched the kid. So it was a physical being. Uh what do you think? Yeah. Um, well, I, again, all the things we've pointed out so far. Now, this kid, relatively, I mean, I, I'm looking at his actual writing and his, his grammar and typos isn't the greatest, you know, but he was smart in the sense of, you know, offering, oh, you can use my cell phone. Knowing for some reason there's something not right about, you know, something not right about the situation. Like, I'd much rather you steal my cell phone than steal stuff out of my house. Mm-hmm. You know, he physically had interaction. Mm-hmm. Now, is this, you know, is it? Is it something, you know, is it increasing violence? You know, all of a sudden now there's physical, it's a child, it's another kid. You know, this is the first one that we could find with a, a kid being involved. Hmm. You know, 16 year old and, and stuff like that. So I do, though, he at least goes further into detail for hours when he would look out his window, they were staring back at him. Moon Joey. Can you give a black eyed kid a black eye? Just asking for a friend. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, I actually, yeah, I think you can't. Well, hold on. If you hit a black eyed kid, and you know, if you hit a regular eyed kid, the blood vessels break in the eye sometimes and it turns red. Mm-hmm. So if you hit a black eyed kid, does their eye turn normal? Ah, that's a good thought. I, I, I mean, I'm also just asking for a friend, not saying I would hit kids or anything. I mean, there's <laughs> some that deserve it. These black eyed kids, evidently. That would well, be my he, problem. He also, he also has a, a good question there, too is why 
why do they want to get in the house? So my, I, I don't know the true answer to this and maybe mm. you do, but my, my thought would be if they are of the demonic side, cause again, they hover, they kind of levitate, you know, I would, I would assume and again, this is just me assuming yeah. that they would be of the spectral or demonic realm. And I would say that they would probably want to get in the house to take over the occupants or to possess the house and its occupants. Or maybe they need to get out of sight to take the soul of the, the homeowner and then they become black-eyed kids or black-eyed people or something you know i don't know just a thought yeah well i i could see a lot of that yeah i mean it makes if it is demonic you have to invite it in it has to be allowed you think of your home as your you know you're the king of your castle you're it's your your domicile yeah you know where do you go when you're tired i just want to go home yeah you know, home is supposedly, you know, safe. You know, so they're invading your your safety, your home, you know. I kind of think it, it's more or less, yeah, on those lines where it, it's, it has to get close to you. It has to be allowed to get close to you. Like, for, is it feeding? Is it? you know, some form of the, the beginnings of oppression. Is it, you know, along those lines? So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, or is it just something that needs like, when they're asking you to get in your car, mm -hmm. is it along those phantom hitchhiker lines? Like, it yeah, but needs... the phantom hitchhikers usually you get in the car, then they disappear. You know, they get in the car, you look in your rear view, and they're gone. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Is it like Resurrection Mary, where they see her out on that road a few miles from the cemetery? Somebody picks her up, gives her a ride. By the time they get by the cemetery, they notice she's, she's gone. gone. Right. So I don't know. I, I, I like Moon Joey has another good point. Jesus, he's on a roll tonight. I tell you, it's like you feel safe in your home, but if they're in your home, your fear and everything compounds. Which again is kind of like what I was saying is, if they get inside, they take over. They drive you mad. You know, they end up basically more or less possessing you in a way, and just breaking you down or you know um osse they you know the feed on your soul maybe they don't feed on our souls necessary maybe it's the fear yeah they drive the you fear. mad yeah well no maybe the fear our body does different things when it's fear shock pleasure pain mm -hmm. maybe whatever this thing is feeds off of human emotion of fear so it's not maybe that's even even not letting them in 
all these people have said they felt fear. They felt fight or flight. They felt something was wrong. Mm -hmm. They felt like they were prey to a predator. Does this thing, whatever they are, use that fear as some form of energy? I'm sure. I'm sure it's, yeah, they like he says feed off your weakness yeah I, I think that's it is they they break you down and they keep you in that kind of state of fear because when you're it's it's high energy mm-hmm. and they feed off that energy because don't they always say that spirits or or demons or whatever need energy to manifest mm-hmm. so they're feeding off our energy to strengthen themselves and why not keep you in a state of constant fear or constant energy to empower to give them more you know mm-hmm. yeah this, I, is all make, this is all making good sense now yeah I, I love i love the interaction with our audience because we always gain so much more yeah, possibilities well, well, I think it's one of the things with a lot of the, you know, you guys that follow us on a regular basis is you guys all bring different things to the table. You know, you bring different thought processes, different life experiences, different ideas, you know, and that's, I think, one of the things with being investigators and researchers and stuff like that is nobody's an expert on any of this. Mm-hmm. And yet there are a lot of people that have a lot of good thoughts and a lot of good ideas. And if we don't share with each other, these ideas and thoughts and processes, yeah, it's great. You have this method that works or this thought process that really makes sense. But if you don't share it with anybody, it's just that it's just a thought process. It's just a method. It's not furthering what we talk about, what our ideas are, our cause, like I said, my my greatest thing is to just get science to question these things. If we don't share this information and we don't share ideas and, hey, you know, when we investigate, we do this. And when we were investigating this, we did this. If we're not doing that between each other, we're never going to get to the point where they question it because, again, we're inept. We're not scientists. So... But you're right. It's good to hear other theories and it's good to... <laughs> take this collective knowledge and apply it into your own findings and who knows we somebody like you and i may be the ones to figure it out or maybe it'll be gary gary you're typing some crazy stuff here buddy i'd like i i I want to pick your brain i want to learn more about what you say you have so many freaking crazy things you posted i mean that in a good way gary but anywho let's uh what's the next one so those were the stories that we really got in, you know, that doing research, those were some of the more interesting stories, the more credible stories. You know, there are stories from around the globe with, you know, few variances. Some neglect the olive skin while others report that the Becks were dressed in, you know, fashionable clothes of another period rather than contemporary trends you know, that, that's weird too. The olive skin, I you know, you hear most of them are just pale skin, 
olive skin because isn't like and I, I mean this in no disrespect but don't they like describe like uh, italians have olive skin so wouldn't that be a little bit more or, or a little less scary like you know what i mean like most people want that nice complexion you know what i mean well i mean i'm greek and english and stuff like that and i have an olivey complexion at times i guess yeah, thanks. You're supposed to say yes, Chad. You do. Your complexion's very nice. You are such an I, ass. I, I thought you were more of a pasty, pasty little cracker than than the nice olivey skin person. <laughs> I I have color. Only in the summer, but I have color in the winter too. <laughs> yeah, white. Um, so like you were saying though, it, it is weird how how their uh descriptions vary. You know what I mean? Like it's odd. Like usually things have a consistent pattern where these are just kind of, I don't know, kind of all over the board, but I think it goes back to like what you said though. There, there really isn't, it only just started popping up and there really isn't a lot to go off of. You have these, well, this is what they are, but nothing to back it up. Yeah. A couple of stories, but not, not every, not every one of these stories validate all these claims. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, you look at it a lot of times. It's a, it's a pair of boys, but there's also reports of adult women and even more bizarre accounts by an elderly couple concerning a group of black-eyed teens that pulled in front of their house in a new van. Hmm. You know, so not. So, uh, here's a question: a black-eyed teens, right, in a hmm. new van. Maybe they possessed the original owner of the van, and now it's the Black Eyed Kid van. You know what I mean? What happens when you get in the car? Mm-hmm. Did they convert the person who was driving it to a Black Eyed Kid, or did they steal the soul? Or you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there who has claimed to have dealt with them and let them in. If anybody out there knows anybody who has any kind of experiences or encounters with black eyed kids, please send them our way. I'd love mm-hmm. to pick their brain and they could stay anonymous. That's fine. I don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't need to say their names or anything if yeah. they don't want that to be said, but I, I need, I yearn for knowledge and I want to know more about these Becks. Mm-hmm. Because like we yeah. said, right now, everything is kind of open-ended. <laughs> yeah. Open-ended and subjective. Um, so what like, you... <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just, being a, I'm just being a dick. Knock, knock. Who's there? Zip it. Go ahead. <laughs> if, you know, if you guys do know anybody and they want to stay anonymous encounters at explorersgroup.com and just less and i see those nobody else we don't post anything that people don't want us to post right. you know so yeah if anybody does know anybody or or you know down the road you run into somebody somewhere along the way you know just mm-hmm. you know if they wouldn't mind sending us mm-hmm. their their information because it, it it is something like i said it's i don't know where i fall on most things I kind of read through these cases and I develop an opinion. 
this this kind of stuff i read through the cases and really have not developed an opinion other than i can find holes in the story i can find things that i would do differently but you don't always do the most rational things when you're in fear mm -hmm. right you know the this you know the the elderly couple I don't know. That that could have just been a bunch of teenagers that, you know how things go around. Oh, there's somebody in a van abducting kids. There's a satanic cult abducting kids. Mm -hmm. Oh, the you know they start these older folks. They oh they're they're they have black eyes and they're evil and they're they're trying to steal stuff and da da da, and all of a sudden it becomes a case of black eyed children. Right. <laughs> Oh my gosh, my eyes are on fire. I am so, <laughs> you know, the kind of well, here you we bef before you started talking about, or I mean, now that you you got done talking about the uh, the, that other example with the with the kids, the group of them, which mm. again is weird. Honestly, I think that one is just a bunch of kids fucking with old people. To be honest yeah. with you, because they tried to get into the facility or the, the house or the, like you said, the domicile that doesn't jive. That doesn't fit any of the, of the typical stories, but again, you never know, but let's talk about what these creatures could be. Mm -hmm. Cause we, we, we mentioned that earlier of the different, you know, there's a few different avenues that they could be, or a few different theories. So, start talking about that because that's what i want to start getting into mm -hmm. you know so they they kind of dwell in this void between demonology ufology cryptozoology and just the, you know just paranormal um you know they're they're on those lines of the the jersey devil and you know the mothman and they've you know they're in that realm and, you know, they seem to just virtually materialize out of nowhere, out of the thin air, you know, little evidence to the point of origin. You know, so that your, your speculation is going to run rampant at this point. You know, one of the things we had first discussed is, and a lot of it sounds similar to vampires. You know, very, very similar. You know, they're young. Forever? They seem to have they have some kind of hypnotic voice or or telepathic voice. Mm -hmm. The mesmerizing black eyes. Now, the difference to the difference with with vampires though is they can manipulate your mind and make you do things you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Whereas the black eyed kids seem to not be able to get that that little extra something to make people do what they want them to do. Well, yeah. Or are they just young in their powers and haven't quite developed that ability to make people do what they want? Mm -hmm. You know, as my uncle Ben used to say, with great power comes great responsibility. It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, he made great rice, though. I mean, you got to give him that. 
Well, the San Francisco treat, as they used to call them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. So, so with the vampire idea, you know, it is the fact of they can't seem to enter homes or, or your vehicle. Whatever you're occupying. Yeah. Yeah. Your occupied space without some sort of permission, which... Right is usually attributed to, you know, like Les was saying earlier, Count Dracula and stuff like that, is that old concept of you have to be, you have to invite it in. Right. You know, and there are scholars that have noted in the past half a century, the concept of seductive, chic, trance-inducing vampires is more, more of a product of modern fiction, than it is of the ancient legends of vampires. Yeah, it's more the Bram Stoker or whatever it is, I guess you could say. Yeah. More romanticized. Yeah, which I mean, it's hard to say because Bram Stoker took a lot of folklore and made <laughs> Moon Joey Landshark. <laughs> Saturday Night Live. It's mm-hmm. probably about the only thing I remember from that show, but <laughs> yeah, right. and only from reruns. I'm not that old, yeah. but uh, you know, he did take folklore and you know write that story. So bits and pieces here and there, and again, it goes back to that. There's always variants mm-hmm. in the culture in the referencing because some cultures have you know they place different importance on certain things so therefore entering your home in one culture is a big deal in another culture they may have an open society where everybody's home is open to everybody else mm-hmm. you know so that piece of folklore is only important to a certain type of person Mm-hmm. But you know, so vampires is definitely one option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, there's no real evidence of any kind of consumption of the victim in some sort yeah. of way. You know, vampires, it's blood and, and life essence and stuff like that. Well, we 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 never got the story of what happens when they actually get into where they need to go. So are they? <laughs> fledgling vampires just trying to get their fangs wet you know what happens when they get into the house maybe nobody's lived to tell the tale or or like i said before do they convert them into other black-eyed kids or do they convert them into a vampire and the people disappear it's a missing 411 case yeah i guess i i I don't know. It's just so like I I would almost say there is evidence of feeding. In a way, like the the thought I put up earlier with the they feed off the the human emotion of fear. Well, like an emotional vampire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what is going on. They they don't really need to get in your house. Maybe they get in your house and they just disappear. Like they they don't get that that fear of you being scared to let them in not saying if anybody has this happen to them let them in yeah yeah. to clarify that you want to know what happens you know keep us posted 
Uh, just, you know, just like FaceTime us, let us know what's going on, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just hold the camera up so we can see like them and you, and <laughs> yeah. if they eat you, we'll, we'll let people know. Yeah. We'll live stream it. Yeah. For nine ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So hey, now man. here's, here's another possible suggestion. And this really has a very little bit of evidence. Yeah. Yeah. That the Becks are actually human alien hybrids. Hmm. You know, some strange mix of extraterrestrial DNA and human DNA. You know, but there's not a lot of UFO sightings associated around these times or anything like that in the areas where Becks are encountered. Not only that, but most of the uh, hybrid uh dis- descriptions are yes the pale skin but usually the blonde but blue eyed not completely black eyed which i guess i could see the if you're thinking of along the lines of a gray uh the the big black eyes but most of the what the hell were the name of the we we talked about it in the one show like the nordic yeah, yeah the nordic yeah yeah there was a different name for them but they had that nordic look Whereas the blonde hair, blue eyed, pale, really tall. Um, so that's the more common hybrid description. And if you think of most alien abductions, they don't need to ask permission. They just come in and take what they want, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, the, one thing that is kind of referenced in this is a few of the unfortunate women who have claimed to have come in contact or been abducted have said they have come in contact with humanoid babies, which they described as having olive shaded skin and jet black almond shaped eyes. It, it's so hard, you know, because again, witnesses that claim to have been abducted you know it's very hard to see you know there are people i feel have been abducted i do kind of believe in aliens i i do think with the massive universe there has to be something else out there not just us lucky beings (laughs) so you know, but it's hard because it's not a accepted norm, alien abductions. Right. It may be to some of us that these things do happen, but these descriptions then also could be tainted by people who have read up on the black eyed kids and then start to say like oh i was abducted and i saw these humanoid children like you know kids but then that doesn't answer why they need permission to enter like it doesn't fit that piece of it but there are you know there are some out there that claim it could be you know alien human hybrids Mm -hmm. of some sort yeah well i think the next two um Actually, the next three, but the next two I find the most interesting. The next 
supposed uh what they are are lost souls that i i kind of lean more towards and especially the next one but some of the things said on the lost souls it's like while some might be tempted to think that the becks are merely the lost spirits of departed children who were sorrowfully wandering the earth seeking help from adults which is kind of why they target mainly adults but they do also go after other kids uh it should be noted that in each and every case the eyewitnesses have claimed to have felt an almost overpowering rush of fear when they come in contact with these beings. It's as if they instinctively knew that they were not dealing with harmless children, but dangerous predators in disguise. Again, there's that term predators admitted. Admittedly uh, gut instinct is not easy to classify as evidence, but the over the universe, the, the oh my God, I cannot talk. The, the universal feeling in those who, who come across Beck's make it difficult to dismiss. I also find it hard to believe that lost children that are alive uh, would consistently inspire such terror in adults. You okay? I just figured something out. Go ahead. All right. Okay. Is it another Jotloff Pass thing? Is it another Charles Worth uh, theory? No, I just figured out why my microphone wasn't working. Why? I didn't turn it on. You are a retard. (laughs) (laughs) The number one thing you always need to check is their power and is it turned on? (laughs) Good Lord. And it actually, is it picking up? No. You have the other one hooked up? We got to test that then after the show. All right. Side, side track there, folks um what were we saying uh Uh, yeah besides that one uh the children dead or alive would consistently inspire such terror in adults wandering spirits may not be the answer in this case but that leaves open the alternate paranormal possibility that these beings might just be lost souls you okay you there are you with us (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, next show, hopefully your new rig will be set up. And so, turned on. <laughs> yeah, turned on, if you remember to do it. So the next one, which based off of all the encounters, if I had to pick one, I would probably say that the next one would be um, the most plausible are demons in disguise uh like the existence of noah's ark or the stone tablets that moses uh received from the peak of or retrieved from the peak of mount oh god what the hell is it sinai yeah belief in demons is a matter of faith if one is uh predisposed to believing in the the existence of angelic or demonic entities then one would be hard-pressed not to consider the fact that black-eyed kids might be old-fashioned, shape-shifting critters from the bowels of hell. This theory is no more, no more or less reasonable than any other. In fact, when one considers the uh, permeating aura of evil given off the black-eyed kids, it becomes downright plausible. So, of course, if these are demons in the the guise of young humans. 
one must wonder why they aren't playing their nefarious charm rather than em employing uh, eerie personas like the ones described. Still, there's no telling what goes on in the mind of a devilish uh, denizen of Hades. Of course, assuming that none of the above options prove to be merit, there is always the possibility that this whole darn thing is nothing but a hoax. Which goes into our next one. So, sounds like skinwalkers kind of kind of in a way uh skinwalkers are are well at least from what i've read skinwalkers are are more of uh summoned from a shaman mm, excuse me i had oh my gosh halushki for dinner halushki and soda so i am all full of gas um skinwalkers are supposedly summoned from a shaman or a witch doctor or a witch to do the bidding it takes shape or takes over, uh, transforms a person. Uh, these seem to be uh, more, yeah, it takes over someone. Um, these seem to be more just spectral, more paranormal, more, I don't, I don't know. I, I still think demon kind of fits the bill. They just seem like they want to possess you. Could it be Satan? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Mm, Satan or the hoax? Do you want to cover the hoax? Well, I think the hoax is kind of self-explanatory. <laughs> well, is... yeah. I mean, you had some some notes there, so I didn't know if you wanted to take it or not. Well, like I said, the the first real big story comes from an author. Mm. You know, so now you have the internet, you have things like Slender Man and stuff like that that just pop up become a thing you know all of a sudden people are are carrying this hoax on you know through story they add to these stories they embellish these stories um so it, it's kind of you get these you know kind of mythological new mythology type creatures and black-eyed kids seem to kind of be them because like i said earlier we don't have a lot of early stories past the 90s we don't have folklore going back to ancient greece or ancient rome or the bible or any other cultures asia you know I I didn't see any cases of black-eyed children described in Asia. You know, mm. so it, it's really hard to say, you know, that this isn't just somebody wrote a story. You know, it's... You, you get around Halloween. People are going to be posting all these ghost stories and true true life story and you know, the ghost and the, the monster and the this and the that. And there are whole subcultures, who, you know, fan fiction and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There, you know, the guy has an idea for a character for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And it's the black eyed kids who are juvenile vampires that are a special breed. And all of a sudden he just, oh, the show ends. And he's like, oh, fan fiction. But I'm not going to say it's fan fiction. I'm just going to put it out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, if you think about it, all this stuff that we're we're into it, it could be a hoax, could be just a bunch of bullshit. And it's just that that interesting to some like me, you know, that you just get so fixated and so engulfed in it that you just want it to be real. Well, here's the thing though. Yeah, it could all be a hoax. But to me, I'm, you know, like Andy calls himself a cryptozoology enthusiast. I'm an enthusiast on the mythology and folklore of these stories. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that the folklore that is, you know, hundreds of years old is just, you know, complete rubbish. Yeah, there's some elements of truth in some of those stories. There's something, you know, whether it was really a Sasquatch or a relic, you know, Neanderthal population that once inhabited an area or a misidentified subspecies of bear that went extinct that we just have not identified yet. Right. I think there's something to those those stories when you have stuff like these black eyed kids where it doesn't have a historic context to it. Mm. It doesn't have a long, deep history to it. You know, ghosts are cited in pretty much every ancient civilization, mm. every ancient religion, every modern religion has some form of spirit, not necessarily you know soul or something like that but a spirit some form of energy after the body shuts off right so those type of things interest me like i said i can't i lean more towards a hoax on on black-eyed kids but again i've never met anybody who has had an experience right if I meet somebody who's had an experience and I find them credible, then it's going to change my opinion. Right. Right. You know, currently, you know, I've met a lot of people that do paranormal investigation and a lot of us all started out because something happened when we were kids. Right. Something happened to us that interested us, you know, cryptozoology more or less. We all saw in search of his kids or we saw, Harry and the Hendersons or, you know, some read a book in the library as kids and legend of Boggy Creek. Yeah. I mean, we got interested in it because of that. So like I said, I kind of lean towards hoax currently, but I'm open-minded on it that it could be, you know, I'm a very, I'm very cut and dry. I look at, you know, I look at a story, I look for holes. Right. I look for non-rational thought process. Mm-hmm. I look for things like, why didn't they call the police? Why would this not alarm you? You know, why, when you say you feel, you felt terrible, did you <laughs> physically feel terrible or emotionally? You know, I look at stuff like that and... I base a lot of my opinions on these subjects off of those things. Right. Like all those stories are, like I said, I read that one. I got goosebumps. 
You read one. I got goosebumps. Mm-hmm. But that's a physical response to it's nighttime. We're talking about scary stuff. You know, ooh, you know, I'm going to get this physical response to it. But it's not something I've ever experienced. <clears throat> right. Now, if I wake up in the middle of the night and there's two little kids banging on my front door, um, I, I'm going to have a different opinion. <laughs> Like, you know, there's that, that picture of um, the, the Memi, whatever they're called, that goes around. And it's a picture of a little kid dressed as Chucky holding a knife. And it says, don't have your kid do this or I will drop kick him off my porch. <laughs> yeah. That's how I am, you know. So I, I just don't know. There's a lot of things that point to hoax. There's a lot of things that point to something darker, something more sinister trying to gain entry right you know what are your thoughts i mean um well os kind of kind of nailed it there in, in my opinion um i think it's just an urban legend and, and i think a lot of these stories stem from that and i think it, it yeah, I just think it's a legend, and and there's no not there's no truth behind it. It could have been just a, a way for people to keep kids out of the street, you know, like like just like a, a wives' tale. You know what I mean? Like, oh, don't go out because the black eyed kids will get you or this or that. You know, I don't know. I just, I yeah, I, I my I think it's a hoax. I think it's just a story. But still, like we said, wish if if anybody out there has ever had an encounter, come forward. We will will put you on the show if you want to but yeah otherwise i i just i think it's a an interesting story and i don't think there's anything else to it yeah i mean like a lot of the more modern ones to me just you know scream of urban legend mm-hmm. the internet allows you to spread your legend quicker right you know, back in the old days, mythology was mythology. You had to be taught it. Then you had to pass it on to another group for them to understand and learn it. So now you have the internet where you can just post something and it's around the world in minutes. Mm-hmm. And depending on where it goes or who gets it, people take it as gospel or take it as truth. And now your story is is alive you know yeah well on that note i think that just about wraps up our our show so Mm -hmm. i I, i'll go through the uh the usual agenda if you want to get in contact with us if you have a topic a discussion or just want to say hi you could go there and you could check out our archive shows and and links to our youtube channel uh go ahead and subscribe to that you can get us at www.explorersgroup.com. We're on Twitter at Explorers Group, on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Explorers Group, on Instagram at Explorers Group. Uh, and, and like I had said earlier, if you guys please, please go to iTunes, do a search for Explorers Seekers of the Truth, and give us a good rating so we could get into the search criteria. So thank you very much, everybody. 
Uh, I appreciate everybody um, stopping by and listening to us talk about Black Eyed Kids. And Chad, as always, my friend, thank you so much. Hopefully next week you'll actually be able to use your new microphone, you idiot. So <laughs> good night to you. Yeah, good night, everybody. <laughs> Have a good, good weekend. Night. You too, brother. Good night.